Hello, and welcome to episode five of Learning at Work, a podcast about how learning happens in the workplace. My name is Gabe Gloga. Each week, I talk with my friend and co-host, Doug Weitz, about whatever workplace learning topics we're wrestling with and try to help each other clarify these ideas and hopefully add a little knowledge and insight to the world of workplace learning. This week, we discuss the idea of fit. Should you try and fit a person into a role or should you try and fit a role around a person? Is this even a fair question? We dig into the topic of job design, the hiring process, the inescapable need for personal development, and how to leverage the inevitable day when someone will outgrow their role. We also talk about early morning toll booth collectors, the nuances of hiring someone to mow your lawn, podcast Christmas carols, the false eternity of bad job descriptions, whatever that means, and more. This podcast is brought to you by Cultivate Me, which helps people and organizations use their everyday work as a platform for growth, both as professionals and as people. If you're curious about any of the ideas we discuss on the show, or you just want to connect, you can always send an email to hello at cultivateme.xyz. We'd love to hear from you. And now, on to the show. Hello, Doug. Hello, Gabe. Welcome back. We are at number five now. Five golden episodes. <laughs> Imagine if I could just riff right into four, three, two, and one. That yeah, would be great. Be, that would, would be great. Be? Four conversations. Three disagreements. Disagreements. <laughs> Two corrupt audio files. <laughs> Anywho. Well, we have to do one now. <laughs> and, a, and a podcast in a pear tree. I, I mean, yeah. All right. There we go. Good. Um, well, we got the old 5-1 uh, to wrap that up. <clears throat> That's a music joke. So <laughs> uh, bad one. You want to talk about this concept that uh, we've batted around in the past, but I don't know that we've really ever dug into it in a kind of methodical way. And that is, uh, should you build the job around the person or should you uh, fit a person into a job? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious how far we can go into this. Um, so can I sort of set the stage by explaining those the difference between the two the stage is empty it needs setting please all right beautiful so so building a job around the person versus fitting a person into a job let's talk about the second one first fitting a person into a job because that is sort of the traditional way jobs work right you post a job this is the job and you are looking for a person who says i'll do that job Mm -hmm. Right. And you hire them and they do mm -hmm. the job you had set up for them to do. And all is well in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. um, assuming that they're happy. Right. Because there are there are certainly cases where somebody is looking for a job and they find the job description that fits exactly what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. And they get the job and they do the job and it's great. Um, but most of the time, the whole process of like you know, writing a job description 
and you know, on the employer's end and seeking a job on the potential employee's end is very, it, it's a huge gray area. You know what I mean? Like, because it's almost impossible to capture the essence of what it is to do a job in a job description. And it's almost impossible to articulate what you want in a job as a job seeker, you know? And the chances of like, those two languages, which are essentially different languages, lining up perfectly is pretty rare. So, but anyway, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself already. So, so the, so the first, first way of thinking about it is I have a job. It is, um, you know, mowing the lawn and I need somebody to do the job, right? So I post the job. The job is mowing the lawn. You'll have to do it three times a month. The lawn is, you know, 6,000 square feet. Um, here's how much it pays. Here are the qualifications I'm looking for. Go, right? And somebody steps up, raises their hand, and, and takes a job. Alternatively, and this is the one that I'm most interested in and that we like to talk about a lot, you find a person who you really think f- is going to fit into your culture, right? They're, they're the right person for the kind of culture you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Um, they're enthusiastic. They are looking to learn and grow. They uh, have great ideas, but they also know how to kind of go with the flow and follow other people's lead when, when need be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for somebody like that, somebody creative, somebody smart, somebody who's got potential to you know, do sort of anything, shoving them into an existing job in my opinion, is sort of a setup for them being bored, right? And as we said in the last episode, bored people quit, right? Because they've got all kinds of ideas and essentially by stuffing them into an existing job, you're putting them in a little cage, right? And it's the job you wanted done, but it's not necessarily the job they want to do or that they are most capable of doing or that they could do if you let them be slightly freed up. So is that, do you feel like that's a good description of the, the difference between the two, or would you like to elaborate on that a bit? Uh, I think this stage has been well set. Hmm. I think I'm going to spend a lot of time steel manning the opposite case, even though I think I agree with, with you. Not, I mean, not that this is necessarily a debate or an argument about, well, should you do it this way or should you do it that way? Right? Like there's a false dichotomy there. What I want to explore is what are the conditions that make fitting a person into a job, a sensible thing to do, an effective thing to do. And what are the conditions in which being more adaptive with the role and kind of building it around person make more sense. That's a great way to say it because as I was using that example of the mowing the lawn, I was thinking to myself, Well, that makes perfect sense, right? Like the person you're hiring for that job and that job itself, it's so nice and clean and clear that whoever takes that job is likely perfectly excited about doing that job. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so a couple of the conditions for like the lawnmower job is that it's a pretty stable environment. It's a straightforward and known problem. And it's an evergreen need like that grass is always going to keep growing and it's going to need to be cut. And it's fairly predictable. 
you know, grass needs to be cut every two weeks, every three weeks. So that's when you're going to cut the grass. The lawn is 6,000 square feet, a very clear property line. So that's the boundary of what you need to do to cut it. It's probably going to take you X number of hours. There are plenty of other grass cutters out there. So I can set, you know, a, a, a pretty reliable, competitive market rate for getting this done. Um, it's a problem that's going to keep occurring. It's a stable and obvious need. Um, and so, so there's, there's, there's not much to be fit to the person. Like the job's pretty straightforward. And, you know, the lawnmower job, like not, people don't typically go through an interview process, you know, or search on LinkedIn for lawn mowing jobs. Like that's an exa a simplistic example to kind of illustrate a point. But there are, you, you know, let's say customer service rep roles, right? Answering phones. I mean, frankly, a lot of the roles that get outsourced, um, you know, overseas and stuff traditionally over the past couple decades we've seen are, are those roles that are kind of task specific, um, repetitive, predictable, evergreen, meaning like, you know, market conditions aren't going to suddenly change next week and nobody needs their taxes done anymore. You right. know, like um, in the case of, let's say like outsourcing kind of CPA functions for filing your taxes, right? Um, where I think the conditions make more sense for building a job around a person is when there's a little bit more of a chaotic environment, i.e. like a startup situation, you know, mm -hmm. where there's a lot of discovery going on, where um, market conditions are more fluid. And so the role that you think you need a person to fill right now could, could change actually quite dramatically in, in a few months. And so you want to make sure that they're a flexible enough problem solver, I suppose, is one one way to put it, or, or, or a type of person that, you know, would, you would commonly look for in this situation. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that, you know, one of the things I wrote down was brittle roles. How long do they last? And so, so then let, you know, the, the next point I'll, I'll make, and I'll hand it back over to you is like, where have I seen these situations either work or go, or go wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I've definitely seen people who have, to your point about lining up the language, right. People who have gone through the whole hiring process, right. They saw a job description online. They answered it. They went through the interview process. They showed up and like a few weeks or a few months later, they were like, this is not the job I signed up for. Right. So there was a miscommunication there and they feel like they've been kind of crammed into a role that, that they either didn't want or they don't fit in as well. Or I've seen it where like, hey, I know we hired you to be an analyst, but um, Bob just quit <clears throat> and he runs our platform. <laughs> we kind of need you to run that for a little while right now. You'll still do a little bit of analysis stuff, but I got to shove you into this role because that's what the organization needs right now. And then you get this, this kind of mismatch uh, situation. And then, the, then the, the flip side of that is in those conditions, let's say the startup conditions, right? Where you join and, and maybe they were overly specific about the role. Um, like we need a VP of sales or something and you join and then 
market conditions change and you decide that, you know, instead of going after enterprise clients, you're going to do a B2C model pivot. And now what we really need is marketing. And they're like, listen, Dave, I know you're a sales guy, but we kind of need you to do marketing. So why don't you do, you know, why don't you do that uh, instead? Um, yeah, I don't know. That that's yeah. trailing off now. I'm gonna hand it no, back. No, no, it, it's it. I mean, at, the more we talk about it, the more complex it clearly is. So it, the things that popped into my mind, in terms, I like. I love your question. I really think this is sort of like the the core question here is like, what kinds of jobs or situations require flexibility and creativity on the part of the employer? to give employees a chance to, you know, flourish and be creative and adapt and change and what kinds of situations don't, you know, where it would actually be sort of inappropriate. Like that, you know, like if you tried to hire somebody to mow the lawn and you were like, look, I have a lawn, let's see what happens. I'd like to hire you to be a part of the, t- the team. Like their reaction might be like, what do you want me to do? Right? Like, can you just, I, I don't yes. get it. Like I, yes. how creative can I be here? Right. Should um, I bring my lawnmower or not? Exactly. Let's start there. You know, like, and if you find yourself in that kind of conversation, you're being overly flexible in the way you are presenting the job. Right. Right. Um, so it seems to me that there are sort of three components to like answering the question. One is the complexity of the job. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, if you're going to be a toll booth collector, and I'm not knocking on toll booth collectors mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. but as you said, it's like a repetitive, predictable job that mm-hmm. is evergreen and just keeps going and going. People keep pulling into the toll booth, you know? They just keep pulling <laughs> into the toll going, booth. Right? So it's not that complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's not that there aren't, you know, that you don't require training and there isn't, you know, some brain power to be used, but it's not endlessly complicated where anything could happen, you know? Um, So complexity of the job, complexity of the environment. And this kind of refers to, you know, the kind of business you're in and the kind of market you're working within. Like, is it Mm -hmm. sort of an environment where like, you know, like, let's say it's the social media landscape. That's just sort of like, you know, we're, we're in a crazy stage in social media. Lots of things are changing all the time. And the, the companies that are surviving and thriving are the ones who are constantly pivoting and, you know, getting creative and doing all sorts of interesting things. So that's, that's a complex environment. Um, so if the job is complex and the environment is complex, well, then likely you have to be, you as an employer have to be more flexible and creative about the way you set the stage for the job so that you get complex, smart, creative people to take on a job, even though you can't tell them exactly what it is, Mm -hmm. because that's what they want, right? They want something where they have the ability to create. I mean, I remember when I was an English teacher, sometimes for an assignment, I would say, you know, write whatever you want, it has to be two pages long, right? And for some kids, that was like a nightmare 
right? Because they were like, right. what do you want me to write? Like, mm -hmm. I, what do you mean anything I want? I, my brain doesn't work like that. I need to know, is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Is it an essay? Is it creative? Can it be a poem? Like, I, what do you mean? You yeah. need to give me more instruction, right? And there were other kids who would go, where have you been all my life? I've been <laughs> waiting forever for a teacher to say, do whatever you want. Because I have a million ideas and I never get to use them because I'm always told exactly what to do, you know? So that's, you know, sort of an aside, but it's, it's connected somehow. And the third one that occurred to me is the employee, whether it is an employer or employee market, mm. right? In other words, if the job, and this is related, like if the job is simple and the environment is simple, there are lots of people out there who can do the job. Right. And if it pays okay, you'll probably have lots of people who want to do the job. Mm -hmm. And so you, as the employer, are in the driver's seat. Right. So you don't, mm -hmm. it's, you don't have the obligation to make it unbelievably creative to catch the best talent. Right. Because it's yeah. a good gig. You know, it's easy. It's, you know, somebody can do it and also like raise a family or do it and also have another job or do it and also try to make it as an actor. You know, um, it's, it's like that there's a niche for that. Right. Yeah. Um, if it's an employee market where the employees are going, Hmm, I could work at any number of places. Why mm. should I choose you? Right. Mm. Then I feel like you have to be more creative about giving them the flexibility to, to say like, look, if you come work here, you get to have a lot of autonomy as to what this job becomes. And you will attract a certain type of character with that kind of job description. Mm. I mean, it, it, so much of life just comes down to chaos and order. Mm -hmm. And what the right mix of those two things is, which is different for every person, right? Uh, I mean, it makes me think of what we talked about a little bit in the last episode, the sort of spark plugs versus flywheels, mm -hmm. you know, those. Um, and you and I are definitely spark plugs like this whole topic. Let's be honest. There's a little bit of projection going on here because because <laughs> <laughs> you and I would are, are definitely the people who would like to have the job built around the person in our situation because we love solving novel problems. Mm -hmm. For someone to hand us an operating manual and say, just follow the book. Thank you very much. You would exactly like this. Right. Over and over and over. We would jump out the window. Yeah. But there are some, some people, and this is totally fine, who would love that, who derive great satisfaction from the precise operation of a complicated machine and the joy of like hitting those measurements. We got everything done by such and such a time with the deadline, yada, yada. We're, we're running like a well-oiled machine, right? And that's what they well, want is that structure. And there are also people out there. And again, I'm not faulting people for being in this situation. There are, have been in times in my life where I have been in this situation. And I imagine there will be times in my life where I will once again be in this situation where I just want my job to be my job. Right. I don't need my job to to fulfill all of my sort of creative urges. 
because right. I've got a family and I'm, you know, I'm trying to also write songs and, you know, like I've got plenty of creative, exciting things going on, but I also need to make money. So just give me a job that's sort that I can sort of like, once I get in the groove with it and once I figure it out, I can almost do in my sleep because then I can save my mental creative energy for the stuff I really want to dig into. Right. right? So like there are situations where you want your job to be all of that to you. Um, and there are situations where you don't. Well, so, so my challenge to that, and uh, you and I have talked about this before, we've seen, you know, these kinds of scenarios, uh, in the people that we've worked with, uh, you know, my question is, would any person want that to be their, their current state of, of, of mind, if you will, their current situation, the situation being, I have so much else going on in my life. I just want a simple job that I can kind of do uh, with my eyes closed, right? I come in, I do the thing, I get paid so I can go live the rest of my life. Do you want to spend your whole professional career in that mode? Right? People work for 40 years. Yeah. You want to spend 40 years where eight hours of your day, five days a week, is you not really thinking and kind of waiting for the rest of your life to come around. So, and then maybe this well, is a separate I mean, I topic. Don't. I don't, don't, but I, I mean, I don't, I would challenge the notion that anyone does, right? That I want to spend from my twenties to my sixties doing something I don't particularly care about so that I can live my fulfilling life in the evenings and the weekends, mm -hmm. right? Every once in a while, I feel like like we all kind of have to go through that period. We're like, oh, it would be great if I didn't have to think so much during the day. And I could, you know, because I got these other things going on or I've got to have, a, you know, like a, 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 a hobby uh, that I'm really passionate about that I just know isn't financially sustainable. So I do this 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 thing, right, that that helps me whatever, feed my family so that I can focus on my art or, you know, volunteer at the you know, the homeless shelter that I'm really like, whatever the thing is, I, you know, I would challenge the notion that someone's cool with that for like four decades for the vast majority of their, you know, of their life. Um, well, but wait, but so let's use the, the most classic example, which is like actor working at, at a restaurant, <laughs> okay. right? I mean, like every Broadway actor in New York city works in a restaurant at night, right. Um, until they make or, it or has until they make it. Right. Yeah. So I don't think they're thinking of it as this is what I'll do for 40 years. I think the restaurant job in a way does scratch an itch. Cause like there is a performance component to working in a restaurant, um, right? The hours, you know, work based on when uh, auditions are going to be, if auditions are during the day and you're working in the evening, that right. works. Like there are, it's there a cliche are, for a reason, right? It, right. It, it, there are things about it that, that, fit like a puzzle, like a yin and yang around pursuing acting. Yeah. Um, but well, hang on. The point that we're trying to make here, both of us, I think tacitly is that, you know, like, or the question we're trying to answer is, are there legitimate situations where people don't care about using their job to develop themselves? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know. So let's rewind a bit. Um, the thing that, what we've been talking about so far is um, 
the stability of a role and how it how it can change. Is that what we've been talking about though? So the thing that the thing that popped into my head when we when you said this building the job around the person versus fitting a person into a job is what we say all the time which is don't hire for the job, hire for the journey. And so let's bring a couple of our, you know, our favorite concepts into play here. Um, how long is this job going to last? I.e., what's the tour of duty here? How many people, this is a slightly rhetorical question, how many people take a job, take a role and say, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to do this for the next 20 years and then I'm going to retire mm-hmm. if they're in their 40s, right? Um I don't think most people think that way. They think like, oh, I found the job that I'll have for the rest of my life. They think in shorter timeframes, right? They yes. think, all right, th- I'll do this job for the next two to 10 years, depending on the industry and the role and stuff like that. But there's, you know, it's a chapter in your larger career or professional life. Even yeah. if you're self-employed, right? How long am I going to do all the jobs versus eventually I'll hire an employee or something, you know? Uh, versus eventually I'll just run the company and everyone else will be the plumber for me. And it will be my name on the side of the van, right? Like there are stages of progression. Yes. Um, And so, uh, so one of the questions I think to ask when trying to answer this question is, well, what's the tour of duty here? Like how long is this person going to likely be in this role? Either because the role itself is likely to somehow change or go away because of changing market conditions and being a startup and all that stuff, or because of, you know, eventually this person is just going to get bored, right? Because they're tired of doing this. It's a very stable role, but he doesn't want to be the regional sales manager of Ohio for the next 20 years. He wants to do it for like three or four and then become a sales manager because now he's got two kids and he's got to put them through school and all that stuff. So he wants to level up his earning potential and, and, right? Um, So I think there's... It's, it's about that alignment and the alignment has a lot to do with someone's trajectory professionally and the, the stability of that particular role over time. Yeah. And this, this fits into, you know, what we talked about last time, this idea of the talent flow in that, I mean, it's sort of, it conveniently works that people sort of will naturally get bored within two to 10 years and you want your talent to flow through your organization, right? I mean, if, if, the, if the normal sort of average person didn't get bored for 15 years, um, you would hire everybody for the, jo- for the roles that exist and you'd be stuck in that exact situation for 15 years, <laughs> you know? The fact that people are always looking to move and grow and, you know, check out new things works in favor of having a smooth flow to your talent because people move out of different places. And so new places open up and then somebody moves over there and goes, Ooh, what would that be like? You know, and, and keeps moving through the organization. But what occurs to me is that like, we talk about this a lot um, with uh, job descriptions and journeys and all all the stuff that we do. Um, This idea of alignment you know, like having having share a shared sense of what you're talking about, right? So in other words, if the job description 
and what the person believes they are getting into in taking the job Mm -hmm. are totally different, then you've got yourself a problem. They are misaligned. When the person takes the job based on the job description, they are going to very quickly become unsatisfied because it's not what they thought it was, Mm -hmm. right? Because either you described it poorly as an employer, you know, posting the job or in the, you know, interview process, you didn't elaborate in such a way that they would really get a sense of what this would be like. Right. Um, Or, Or the employee didn't dig hard enough. Sure. Right. It goes both ways. Right. But there's there's a misalignment and misalignment right. ends up causing problems. Mm-hmm. If there's if there were a way for employers to be able to paint a picture of a role in such a way that a potential employee could know exactly what they were getting into. And I don't mean exactly what they're getting into. Like, tell me exactly what I'll be doing at 915 on Tuesday in week three. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what I mean is like, how will it feel to do this job? How long will I be doing this job? How challenging will this job be? How equipped am I to do this job? Am I going to be, you know, is this going to be a reach for me? Is this going to be super easy from day one? Is it somewhere in between? How, you know, what's my potential out of this job and at what point and what, how would I, you know, uh, prove that I'm ready and how often will we have conversations about that? You know, then there's alignment and alignment is when things work. Well, that's why, I mean, I'm going to say it again, don't hire for the job, hire for the journey. And I think where a lot of organizations and, and even professionals get caught up is kind of negotiating over the job, right? Like the, the job description responsibilities will include uh, collaborating with, you know, colleagues in the finance department in order to blah, 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 blah. And, right. you know, some of that's necessary. Um, <clears throat> and we, like, we're not going to get into this, but, but man, the, the incentives that are in place that lead to the boiling down, the watering down of job descriptions, like the words on paper that get put onto LinkedIn, for example, right? In being just this corporate mush, you know, um, are have a lot to do with the lack of, of fit. But yeah. if, if, if I'm thinking about attracting someone into a role, the fundamental question I'm trying to answer for them is how is this position going to help me make progress in my life. Yes. And my career. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. My, well, my professional life, but I, I mean, I, you know, again, but for life too. legal reasons, you can't really talk about this stuff very, very often, but like, you know, where are you in your life? Are you a new father? And so, you know, you're looking to have a really great work-life balance and this role in this company is remote and the hours are flexible and there's not a lot of meetings, you know, so you can kind of work when you want, including in the middle of the night while you're feeding your two month old or something like, great, this is yeah. a perfect fit for where you are in your life right now, you know? Right. And that- or, or is it the kind of job you like, if you're you know going to be a teacher, it's like the kids are going to be there from eight to three. So you have to be there from eight to three. This is not right. to do on your own time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the toll booth collector. The cars are coming through from right. eight. To five, you gotta take the tolls, man. You can't just wait till two in the morning and then collect them all, you know. <laughs> uh, so, so there's, but man, where was I going with this? Uh, hiring for the the for the for the journey, right? So, yeah. so there's something about like fitting with the you know the, the the needs of your life, 
But talking about it, they too many. I've seen too many people talk about a job as this sort of timeless, eternal state of being. You know, mm -hmm. when you come to take the job, here is what you will do. I mean, how long will I be doing that for until I'm dead? <laughs> oh, no, I I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, maybe you'll be doing it for three years. Oh, interesting. Let's talk about that period of three years and what, you know, what like my typical day might look like and what my life will be professionally at the end of those three years versus the beginning of those three years. Right. God, you know what this makes me think of? Sorry, am I cutting you off? No, no, no. Go ahead. It makes me think that like we should really develop um, a, a training module or, or some kind of uh, work that we do with professionals who are looking to interview on like how to ask questions in the interview process through the lens of a journey. Mm. Like, because I don't think people ask questions like this in the interview process. And then when they start doing the job and start beginning to feeling inkling of boredom, that's when they're like, wait a second, where am I going from? Right. And, and that's yeah. maybe not the appropriate time to have that conversation. Um, well, so many of these conversations are had with a great sense of urgency on both <laughs> sides. Right. Tom just quit and I got to fill this role fast. Mm -hmm. I just got laid off and I need to get a job fast. Like, and so everyone's like, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Journey Schmerny. Uh, I need a paycheck. Can we do this? You know, but um, there is a moment. A lot of that gets it, thrown yes, out of the it, window. It, it true. But there is a moment when, you know, things are going crazy. Things are going crazy. But I have a meeting on the calendar. That is an interview. I'm sitting across from you. You are interviewing me. I'm thinking about taking this job where I can take a breath and ask you some different kinds of questions that are going to put you on the spot to have to think, but also probably separate me from the average uh, interviewer as somebody who's like thinking differently about jobs. And like, if I were the employer, I'd, I'd think that was, that stood out. And that was the kind of creativity I was looking for. Well, it reminds me of the career framework that we talked about in whatever the third episode or something with direction being a, a kind of constant steering function, right? At different altitudes. And so as from the employee standpoint, um, as they're looking at this, are they saying, okay, you know, to what degree does this align with my, my life's task that I've determined, right? The, the kind of thing that lights me up, am I going to be able to do that in this role? Um, and then, and then to, uh, you know, back to that, that second level of like a tour of duty. What does a tour of duty look like here? Again, you can't just think about the role on paper as some sort of static and eternal state of being. Like it's going to change. It's going to evolve. Perhaps some jobs will evolve very little over the next three to five years. Some will evolve uh, tremendously. It maybe even go away over the next three to five years. So like you have to think in terms of time scales, and, and then from an employee's standpoint, you want to be thinking like, how can I make the most of that time scale, right? What projects am I going to accomplish and be able to put on, you know, my resume or the, the experience that's going to build for me? What new skills will I develop? What, you know, how will I expand my network given the, the people that I'm going to have to work with, you know, whether it's vendors or clients or colleagues and stuff like that, like, 
you want to be thinking of that as a story that's going to unfold over the next three years. And what story do you want that to be? And is that, um, is that possible or realistic given, you know, given that? And then I think you have to ask kind of all those questions from the flip side as well. Uh, when you think about talent flow, like as an employer, like, okay, I'm not going to hire someone who's just going to statically be the same set of skills as they are today, three mm -hmm. years from now, what kind of a tour of duty do I want to try and craft for this person? Or, or do I see as possible for this person, you know, getting back to like building the job around the person. All right. Like we're, we're all a little bit urgent right now. He needs a job. I need to fill this position fine. But two years from now, what other problems do I think I'm going to have that this person might be able to solve for me? And can I start to steer towards that? Can I, can I, can I plan for that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at camp, you know, we get everything. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like anything you and I talk about happens at camp in some mm -hmm. form or another. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because I'm hiring teenagers and 20 somethings, you know, and they're in the beginning of their career and be working in a real job and that sort of thing. Most of the time I'm hiring for Job. Like I'm trying to, when I'm interviewing someone, I'm trying to match them with the place in camp. I think they'd be most successful, right? So maybe I've got a few jobs with the eight-year-olds and a few jobs with 12-year-olds and a few jobs in woodshop and a few in art and whatever. And as we talk, I say, you know what? You'll be great in art. Does that work for you? And, you know, great. And then, uh, then it happens. But a couple of times a summer, I'll, I'll be interviewing someone. And I always ask, like, why do you want this job? Right. And I get everything from one end of the spectrum of people going, well, I live near camp. And I'm like, seriously, that's your answer to the question. You want this job because it's near you? Because the and a commute, it's a great like, commute. And, and then I have to sometimes say, I'll them, peel potatoes if I have to, as yeah. long as I don't have to drive. Oh, no, 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 far. no, no, no. It doesn't go along with that. It goes along <laughs> with like, I, I'd like to also do as little as possible. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, I have to tell them like, this is an interview. Like you have to convince me to hire you, you know? Um, so let's try that again. Right. Yeah. But every once in a while or every, I'd say like three to six times a summer, I'm interviewing someone out of like 70 interviews and they say, you know, I'm not really sure. Like I'm really excited about the opportunity to be in an environment where I'm challenged and anything could happen. And I want to see what I'm capable of. Right. Mm. And when I meet those people, like I instantly go into, okay, I want you on the team. I have no idea what to do with you. You'd be great anywhere, I'm sure. But let's build something around you. And usually what happens is I end up having them spearhead a brand new program. Like I've really been excited about the idea of developing a social media program. Would you be at all interested in spearheading a social media program? I will help you with figuring out how it works and, you know, and I'll, I'll make it sort of a, you know, a, 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 an easy onboard in the sense that like, I won't give you 50 kids every period of every day, all summer long. We'll start off small and we'll build it together. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but they get super excited about that because I'm building the job around them, right? Around the, the fact that they are looking to challenge themselves and do something unique and interesting. But those are the, those are the kids. Are those are the ones that were delighted when you said write two pages of whatever you want. Exactly. Exactly. They're the ones that, I mean, let's go all the way back to the beginning, right? They're seeking dynamic quality. Mm -hmm. That's what excites them. 
And then you've got others that would much prefer static patterns of value, which is also necessary and important. So I suppose if there's a takeaway for me from this, it's that, you know, both of those are necessary. Like we, you need to be able to fit a person into a job to some degree in many situations. And there are also tremendous opportunities, both for individuals and the needs of the business to, to be able to build a job around a person or, or maybe better said would be to find a person around whom you can build a job. Like, you know, they've got, you have this dim apprehension that they're going to bring some kind of dynamic quality to your organization, to your business. There's some problem out there that needs to be solved. And you're pretty sure they're going to be able to solve it. You just don't know exactly what problem that is yet, but you you have a hunch that you want to find it for them. Yeah. And if, if there's one takeaway for me, um, it's really that as employers or, or even leaders, not necessarily the CEO, but like leaders within an organization, if you want to be able to keep great people engaged, by which I mean, keep great people because mm-hmm. they will leave if they're <laughs> not right. engaged, um, you have to have some flexibility. It doesn't mean that 100% of the time you have to go do whatever you want. I'm sure it'll be helpful. Right. Right. Um, but you have to be, you know, you, maybe most of the time it starts with, look, here's the job. This is what I need you to do right now, but let's see how you do. And let's see how you fit into our culture. And let's see how, you know, what you're up to and the way your brain works in this environment. And then at, over time, you have to be creative enough to say, hey, listen, I see you're awesome. I want you here in whatever capacity we can have you here. Let's work together on figuring out what your role is so that you feel productive and you feel engaged and you feel excited and the company gains from your energy. Yeah. You know? And if you can do that as an employer or as a leader, you're going to be able to keep your best people without caging them. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good place to wrap it up right there. All right. All right. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Gabe. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Learning at Work. I hope you found it fun and insightful. If you want to learn more about the Cultivate Me method of turning jobs into journeys, visit us on the web at cultivateme.xyz or send an email to hello at cultivateme.xyz. Be well, and I'll see you in the next episode.